Hey everyone, and welcome to The Seed. We are changing over to a new podcast show that is more reflective of where I am in life. Ironically, The Seed was planted by every guest that I had on my Homes and Hops podcast. So listen in, subscribe, and comment on my new monthly podcast, The Seed, which stems from Dandelion Discussions, all about women empowerment, entrepreneurship, and objectives that are often planted in us. Our guest stories are here to inspire, educate, and most importantly, to let you know you are not alone. So we are here with Mara Smith, attorney, mother, and now founder of this amazing tequila that I am sipping on now. So we'll see how things go by the end of this conversation (laughs) in Sparrow Tequila, which no joke is it's amazing. You did great. Thank you. Listen, it all starts with the liquid. You want to make sure the liquid's great first. So I appreciate that. So I have to ask you, how did the journey begin? Because of course, doing the little bit of social stalking on you, um, you, you started off in your career as an attorney, right? Yes. So I, Um, I followed like a really linear path, I want to say, in the beginning. So I studied accounting, I got my CPA, and that was my undergrad degree, and then I got my CPA, and then I went straight to law school, then took a job at one of the biggest law firms in Chicago. So um, I went this like very kind of like very traditional conservative route, entrepreneurship nowhere in my (laughs) like sites. So I worked in a large law firm for many years. And then once I was contemplating having a family, um, I really didn't see any options to stay at the law firm. So at the time I was there, um, there were no female partners in my entire department. There was no one to kind of look to as a role model of how you couldn't possibly balance like a large law firm life and having a family. So I pivoted and decided to go on the business side and joined the corporate strategy group at McDonald's Corporation. No way. The first time where all of a sudden my entrepreneurial spirit was sparked. And I started, you know, we were studying like consumer trends and insights and ideating for the company. And it's like kind of got out of my um, very like insular (laughs) um, education experience and looking at like all these other opportunities and things. So that's the first time that I started thinking about like, oh, what if I start my own company? What kind of company would I start? And um, and perusing ideas and then nothing ever goes as planned. Never. And I, um, got pregnant with my oldest to our twins and, and grade and juniors in college now, but I ended up on emergency bed rest and then had preemie twins. So I made the decision. So my corporate career, since I was put on bed rest, like came to like a screeching halt very abruptly. And then I had preemie twins and made the decision to stay home. And I'm fortunate that I had that option, but it's something I never contemplated or saw in my future. I don't think anyone who knew me and I was so on oh, my way up the corporate ladder that it was, that was probably the biggest pivot. In all honesty, it's probably, it was probably more likely that I'd start a company than I would be out of the workforce for 16 years because my youngest is nine and a half years younger. So I definitely understand people uh, trying to juggle the kid thing. I'm here in the back of a storeroom because we're doing an event for the holidays. Um, and on the way here, my son's like, Hey, can you bring me food? I'm hungry before like my basketball game. I'm like, I'm like 45 minutes away from home. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't. So. How, how was the transition 
from like how how was the adjustment of I mean you, I know you had another child before you had your twins but no, how no, my twins are first oh and then I had another child nine and a half years later oh my wow. little one is in sixth grade yeah so how was the adjustment from because it is when you're it, when you're working whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in the corporate world it is go 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 all the time and it was go 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 I had preemie twins like, oh my I, God. you know, it was insane. I don't remember the entire first year. It was nuts. And I, it's actually funny. My grandmother once said to me, um, like you take this job just as seriously and like you act just as if it's your other jobs you had, which is true. You know, I became CEO of my house and managing and managing everything. And it's a lot. And I think we often actually, including myself, I don't think we often kind of value that as much as we should, like people that are caregivers, I know people who are caregivers, you know, they're with, home with kids or and now taking care of like elderly parents. And that's something that I didn't look at that experience as super relevant to like being a founder. Um, yes. But now I go back and I actually do. There are a lot of skills that I honed that I was not adept at before that, you know, flexibility, no day ever goes as planned with children. Correct. Um, no day ever goes as planned in a startup and you're constantly coming up and problem solving with plan B or plan C. Multitasking, I had preemie twins. I can multitask like the best of them. You know, efficiency, managing a household, three kids. Like there are just so many things that actually are really, which is why I think a lot of moms make great, you know, employees, founders. Um, I agree. And I wish more people kind of recognize in all honesty, recognize that. I really do think that um, even for myself, it was when I became a mom, um, the caregiver. So it is whether you're caring for for your mother or a family member, or you're caring for your children. I really do truly believe that's what makes you better in business. You also know when to pick your sense of priorities, right? Like, you know, you're balancing, juggling time, you're figuring out like what, making sure that things are, you know, good use of my time because it is limited and I'm trying, I'm not going to say balance because I have a terrible job at balancing in all honesty, but figuring out the blend and like where my focus has to be on any given day. Um, and you really, you know, women generally have to think about that a lot more because they're still usually handling most of the things that, you know, have to happen for, for kids and the home even if they have outside jobs, you know, jobs outside the home. So um, I think they bring a kind of a different perspective and, and, you know, way to prioritize. So while you were, while you stayed home for 16 years, what is it that made you take the leap back into the business world? And not only just like getting a job somewhere, like creating your own job, and you're and like, having an employing people and all all the fun stuff. Totally. I guess it was go, go big or go home. Um, <laughs> but I knew I wanted to start my I knew I wanted to start my own company. So I think I've been told I don't work well with authority. Um, so I knew that it was gonna be best. I want to start my own company. And it had always been in the back of my mind. I knew it was gonna be a consumer product, um, food or beverage, because I am like a super consumer. I taste test everything, I try everything. My entire pantry is full of the stuff that you see on Shark Tank. Um, and my family is already like, <laughs> kill me because I have like, all these products that I try. So I knew it was being in food or beverage. I knew it because I had to write up in the service industry. I wanted to be a product base. 
Um, I probably just listened to like too much How I Built This and watched too much Shark Tank. And I'm like, you know, if they can do it. Actually, what's interesting is really, I think about thinking about what, and it does show that you can listen to podcasts and it really can be impactful. I was on a family vacation in summer of like 2019 and, and been like, you know, thinking about ideas and concepts. And I listened to How I Built This episode with um, Dave's Killer Brad founder. And I listened to it and I was so inspired. I'm like, you know what? he can start this really successful company coming out of like prison. I should be able to do this coming out of like, yeah. you know, staying home. Like I can do it. Um, and it kind of just like, was one of those things that like really just like impacted me listening to that. And I listened to a ton of episodes, but like that one in particular, I'm like, someone totally reinvented themselves and yep. created this amazing company. Like, why can't I reinvent myself? Um, I think that, and then I started this kind of like right when my kids were, you know, starting high school and I was like, all of a sudden my oldest were starting high school and twins. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to go to college. They're both going to leave me at the same time. Like, this is the time to do it. Um, even though I still have a little one at home, but so I think it was kind of though, that was like why the timing and then why tequila was, as I was thinking of concepts, I just kept coming back to tequila. I'm like, I am a tequila drinker. It's been my drink of choice for years. I considered it a better for you adult beverage option. I've been gluten-free for like 15 years. Um, generally wanted something that without the sugar, wine doesn't sit well with me. Vodka wakes me up in the middle of the night. I don't know why, but um, so I started, I discovered tequila. I started drinking. That was my drink of choice. What I didn't realize as I started like researching brands and taste testing, I didn't realize that everything I was drinking contained undisclosed additives. So glycerin, sweeteners, coloring. And I thought I was drinking something that kind of fit into my healthier lifestyle. Yes. Um, so I didn't know that, the vast majority of brands. So I was like, okay, are there added free brands that really appeal to me? And other thoughtful female consumers like me. So what I also kept hearing is all these women are like, oh, I drink tequila. That's my drink of choice. I always drink tequila. Like, well, if all these women, I was just like, all these women drink tequila. Why do brands not focus on her as a consumer? Like, why isn't it like directed to her? Yes, she's kind of like secondary and she happens to know about some brands because she tried them or had them, but no one's super focused on this, you know, like intelligent, thoughtful, conscious female consumer who like cares about what she eats and drinks and the brand she supports. Yes. So everything from bottle design to house position to marketing. So I wanted a clean, really easy to drink, sippable tequila, but I wanted it to really resonate. I didn't want the marketing to be, you know, dark club scenes and scantily clad women. I wanted to be elevated and sleek and sophisticated and, you know, the drink you would bring to your friend's house because that's what you want to share with her. So the bottle is started. The bottle is so beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate it. The bottle is really a labor of love. So this again, going in as an outsider to the industry, not knowing anything, one, I'm like, I want a custom bottle. They're like, maybe a stock bottle will be less. Than no, no, no. I really, the bottle is going to matter a lot. I yes. wanted a bottle that I would want to put on my bar that would stand out, that was sleek, sophisticated, and also purposefully slender in the middle because it's easy to hold and pour. It was oh. really important that the bottle was like, that you can manipulate it easily because all those big stack bottles I found hard with the short necks and I like spilled, they're hard to manage. I wanted it to be all like white and free and, and clear in the middle. So you see what you get. So transparent in the middle. Again, not knowing anything, how hard it is to paint an ingredient on a bottle and have it go from white to clear to white without like a ton of overspray. I mean, it took a lot of iterations to get that there. 
um, I worked with a great battle designer, but really my mom and I were drawing pictures on a piece of paper going back and forth. And same for the logo. <laughs> it took so many iterations, but it's like four script eyes that are connected. And it stands for four generations of women in my family. My grandmother, my mother, myself, my daughter. Um, the name Inspiro means, you know, it's a Spanish word for inspired. It's named yes. in honor my inspirations, my grandmother and mother. So they gave That's me the, the confidence to believe I could do anything, including, you know, rancher the workforce and start my own company. Um, but yeah, so everything really had a lot of meaning as I was creating the, the it's brand even found. I love even at the bottom of the back of the bottle, you have be inspired, live inspired, drink inspired. Yeah, that's, that's our tagline. And I feel like it's, you know, but like, how can you inspire other, you know, want to be inspired, but also inspire others. To me, that's really important. We try and elevate women as much as we can. So we collaborate with women-owned brands. We partner with them. We do events here. I am at, you know, Ronic Beard, a woman-owned brand that was doing an event with Dana Rebecca Designs Jewelry, a woman owned and Dana's here. I decided while I'm here, I got a, a piercing. Uh, with oh. <laughs> that was very spontaneous to me. Um, but right. So that's who we seek to like collaborate with. We do. That's who we give giveaways with. That's who we partner with. Um, and that's why that's kind of like my world is finding other female founders who can like share resources and ideas and little things that we can do to support other women-owned brands that don't have to be a huge grandiose gestures of like you know investments or or donations that it's like you know it's it's answering the linkedin message it's yes. referring someone's connecting to and what you did for me so thank you very much a, <laughs> yes i mean someone who has a juice like uh juice companies like do you know a uh, non-alcoholic sparkling water i'm like oh yes i connected the two female founders and then they're collaborating. So it's like all those little things, the introduction, the referral, like, you know, if it's my PR person or this person, like yes. referring them out and connecting them. So I think it's like all those little things that we can do to like lift each other up um, that are easy to do and take a little bit of time. But, you know, it's exactly, it's taking that connection request, it's having the meeting, it's doing yes. a quick Zoom. We are now actually a certified B Corp. So we kind of, live and breathe this it's like part of our brand dna so, so what was the process so i also know that you're wbenc yes. certified which congratulations and congratulations for the b corp but for for the, all those out there i don't think that there is a large knowledge of what a b corp is and what it, you can yeah. do to be able to get to that level and what that means for you as a business owner yeah. So B Corp, you know, it kind of just formalized what we already were like built on. Like part of our brand ethos was um, diversity, having transparency around it, giving back. We provide grants and mentoring to other female founders. So B Corp is this pretty virtuous process, but like you can really have to satisfy all these different criteria, like your governance, how you, you know, care about your stake, all stakeholders. So not just ownership, but like anybody who is in that from the consumer to everyone you deal with. Um, so it has like all these different levels that you have to satisfy and meet. And it's a pretty difficult process to get to that. But then it also requires you to make sure that your actions reflect what you say. So I could say we support other women, we elevate women, but like 
we have to make sure that we are doing that. And there's a lot of transparency. There's, you know, record keeping around it. What are we doing? What kind of 501c3s are we supporting and providing if it's in-kind donations or providing grants? Um, so it was a long process, but I thought it was really important because it, it lends um, some credibility to what we say and, you know, and that we are, we have profit, but with a purpose. And there's like, there is a greater mission behind the brand. When we say we want to elevate women, we're going to do everything we can to do that. Um, and being WeBank certified, I actually think that one is a really, you know, it's good on so many levels. So first, that was one of the first things I did. Literally from day one, I went out to do B Corps, uh, to do WeBank certification. Again, you know, it's the gold standard and credibility of like, you have to meet certain requirements. Mm -hmm. And I especially think that's super relevant now because in my industry, I see a lot of brands out there now um, that I, I go to these events, I go to things like, oh, this brand's also female founded or this brand's female led or this one's woman owned. And I'm kind of like, no, it's not. And and if people were really truthful about it, you wouldn't need all the certification process. But, you know, mm -hmm. like if your CEO, CFO, CMO and head of sales are all men, you are not led by women. Correct. And if you, <laughs> right. And to say you're women, owned, like this requires the ownership, you know, it, it does, it's more than having like the face, like some woman that's on your website or there's some woman involved and everyone standing behind her um is a middle-aged white man which is traditional in my industry and in spirits industry yeah it means that like you know you have to be actually owned at a certain ownership level and led by women so i think that lends a lot of credibility to to that piece of it by having weaving certification um and it's also they offer a ton of programming that's something i don't think people take advantage of enough but they offer so much, like I did a pitch competition. I was just in a pitch competition two weeks ago in Philadelphia for their finals, pitch competition finals. I've done accelerators with them. I started another accelerator yesterday with them. You know, all these free educational tools, cohorts. I meet all these other founders. Sure. I can collaborate with them. Like I learned about digital marketing. I, I didn't understand anything about digital marketing. And I did one of their programs on that. So I think you get you get more out of it the more you put into it and try and take advantage of all those, you know, other pieces than not just having the like logo. I agree completely. I'll never forget. You'll get a kick out of this. I was at um, one of my kids games and a gentleman came up to me. So Dandelion Inc. is for, it is for women, women in business, women entrepreneurs, and, and we're here to help scale, connect and develop them and, and what they need. So he came up to me to tell me about his wife's company that she will be starting. And if I could help her get her WBE and he is going into this in-depth knowledge. And I'm not saying that she cannot be interested in road work, but, but he is going into this in-depth knowledge and something that he also did as well but she wants to do it herself and start this business and get the WBE. Because of course, as you know, also if you are certified within your state, then other companies, you have an opportunity to bid and they you can have a better chance of getting that. So then they are meeting their standards and making sure that 
they're being equitable in their hiring process. So it, I, and I'm just, I'm the entire time. I'm like, you know what? I'll have a conversation with her, like have her call me. Right. And I never heard from him again, but like, no, and I think they that's why it's many... so arduous of a process. Right. They try and put as many kind of like pieces in place to like, you know, make sure that it's legitimately being, you know, run and things like that. And it is a harder process. And you see people lose the certification too, because they can't, they can no longer meet the requirements. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's just so much you could do. Like people are always going to figure out how to like game any system. Yes. But so there's so much, you could do, but I feel like they did a lot of the kind of parameters in place to make sure people are, um, meeting them. And, and honestly, it, it impacts my purchasing decisions. I literally walk through my local Whole Foods and I saw a bag of these waffles and right in the front had the WeBank certification on the front. I was like, Ooh, what are they? I'm going to look at them. Oh, they're gluten-free. They're vegan. I'm going to try them. Like it, it did make it, you know, it does impact my purchasing decisions. Like I want to support, you know, the more we buy from women owned, gift from women owned brands, like that's how you make more women-owned brands successful, especially because they have a hard time getting any funding or things like that. Like we don't have women being the ones to invest back into women-owned brands. Yep. Then you're really, you're still going to, there's never going to be equitable access to funding. No, there isn't. Not until we start funding more ourselves, other women-owned businesses. And then, and then we'll start making more of an impact. Totally. So I have to ask you, throughout with starting your business, what would you consider the the biggest shock or like, holy cow, I didn't know this was something that I needed to do or that I had to do or as part of the entrepreneurship process? Oh my gosh. Like which day today? I feel like every day there's there's some like, wait, I didn't know this. (laughs) I know. Um, you know, I think there's so many things you have to figure out and that are complicated. I think one of the things I didn't realize how much how time consuming and complicated maybe it is yeah. uh, would be the operations and logistics piece. And that it's like it's a it's constantly a work in progress, right? You get somewhere and then there's a glitch, you know, yep, in something and battling and battles and something, you know, so that it is it never kind of just like run like, oh, we got it. We figured it out. And like, it just keeps like, you know, moving like clockwork. There's always something. And it's, it's a pretty time consuming piece of it. Like all the operations and logistics. And I don't think I appreciate that. I would still feel that way. Like almost three years in yeah. production. But it's still really, really <laughs> complicated. Yeah. Time consuming. I mean, no joke. That is that is the truth about it. And I say it all the time. When you when you run a business, it is constant. It's constant learning. It's constant pulling, what is it? Like pulling the straps up and moving on for the day and like not letting it get to you, not letting those barriers prevent you from anything and just be like, oh, I don't know this. So then therefore I can't do it. It's just always finding those answers. Yes. And and at least trying the best. Yes, you can. And some days I have the answers, but I mean, that's actually the piece of entrepreneurship and, and starting your own company is like the learning. There's such a steep learning curve. And literally every day I'm learning something new. Well, then you have like the whole dynamics of how the market works now. 
because it's not just storefront. You do have the social platforms that are also shifting and changing all the time. That it's definitely a lot to keep up with on all fronts. Right. And I have three customers. Um, right. So I have I um alcohol is regulated by the three-tier distribution system. So if you think about it, I have to sell to a wholesaler or distributor. So I have to like appeal to them and and they're my customers. Then I have to go and sell to bars, restaurants, retailers. So that's my next layer of customers. And then it's the end consumer, right? So we need like all of these who you have to speak to a little bit differently. They're all incentivized a little bit differently as far as what they care about. And speaking to all of them. So you have to build brand awareness from like the consumer level, but then they have to be able to find you. So you have to get to be there available at the retail level. And then the retailers have to be able to like buy you. So you have to be in wholesalers. So it is, you know, very complicated system that requires, I'm oh, sorry. I don't know how that happened. And I keep oh, I'm all for the thumbs up. <laughs> um, so it's a very complicated system that requires like so many different people that you basically have to make happy. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start building the communities? Because you're because you are talking about it's not you have your yes. community where your hometown and trying to get out your brand, but it's beyond that. Right. Yeah, I actually started the community because I started in COVID way broader and more on a national level, to be honest. So I actually just gave a talk about building community yesterday. And the reason and why it's significant is one, the entrepreneurial journey is a very lonely one. And I feel like you need to have a supportive and collaborative behind you and to be able to even figure out where to go to resources, where to find something. Like I have a great network of people website designer who's there here we should do something together but if you think about it we talked about this that I came back into the workforce after being out for 16 years I had no business network so I had to create a community from scratch I had no LinkedIn profile I was not on social media I went from zero LinkedIn to now having about 4,000 followers on LinkedIn and that is because like I took the time to build and nurture so you can think about it in two pieces community you can look at your reach that's like, how many organizations are you involved in? And for mm -hmm. me, I break it down into like starting within like my industry, the spirits industry and being involved. And as we talked about, like we think any of those, you know, when you get to further down to like women's organizations, I look at CPG company, CPG groups, like who just do consumer products and they may not have a lot of alcohol brands, but that's great because then I could be one of the only ones. And then I looked at like women's groups and women's organizations, right? I talked to a lot of like tonight, professional women's organizations where they can hear the story, try the tequila and it resonates more. And I'm not at a boozy festival, like next to every other big spirits brand. So I looked yeah. at it like the reach of that and how to like branch out, not just within my industry, but like, and, you know, kind of beyond that, um, into like really large women's networks. So I have a great female founder and leader community. And then I have community within CPG and then within spirits. But if you don't get involved, I mean, it's just like putting something put on a resume. Like you have to take advantage of it and be involved. So when I say I'm part of Women of the Vine and Spirits, I actually did a presentation. It's my second webinar. So it's like, I know the the founders. I'm actively engaged with them. Like if you just you know, one more thing to join and you're not like really getting any, any, it's not very useful for you. So I looked at that way, how you create something like big and 
And also it helped me personally, especially getting involved within spirits where I'm a newcomer to the industry, build some, you know, like earn some respect, build some credibility yes. as a total outsider by getting involved. So I looked at the, you know, kind of the reach, but then I look at the depth, like how do you form meaningful relationships with people that you reach out to? And I think you can do it even on LinkedIn and have meaningful back and forth. One, when I go in, anyone you want to meet, you can reach out to. They may not answer and then it's fine. Most people will. Most people are willing to to answer. As long as you're not salesy, if you're not salesy. Right. You have to go unprepared. What I would say is go unprepared. I would never, ever reach out and send anyone a message that said, can I pick your brain? Right. Like to hear more about your business. Too generic to like, I don't know, what do you want? You know, someone reached out to me yesterday that I said I was on a webinar, reach out to me. And they're like, I'd love to know your marketing strategy, um, how digital's helped, how you've grown, what did, how it's built brand awareness. Like this is like on a like LinkedIn message. I, like, I said, I think that's a little bit too much for me to manage in a message. Like, is there yeah. anything specific? So go out, but also have the information behind you. Like I reach out, someone told me about a woman who owns a healthy um, catering company. It does like healthy prepared meals. Who's in a market that we're part of. I reach out and I said, oh, and she, I heard she loves tequila. So I'm like, I heard you love tequila from <laughs> gave a, the person who gave the name. And um, I have a clean additive free tequila brand. I put that in because I know she does healthy, you know, healthy meal prep. So she would care about clean added free. Um, you know, we're in your market. We just opened your market. So there's like, yep. She knows that like, I'm very specific. Um, I actually said even when my daughter goes to college, I noted on her LinkedIn that she went to the same college. My daughter goes to school there. I said, I looked at your site. I love that I found out that you delivered to my zip code. So like I'd already researched her website or whatever. Like wasn't super long, but just going in and being, and I heard you do a lot of events. I'd love to know how we can like maybe participate together knowing that just events. So look, you know, doing due diligence, someone's always going to be more responsive if you go in and you know, are thoughtful and, and no, if you come out and like, I'm another person reach out, like, I love what, uh, in Sira is doing or whatever. I'm like, that's not the name it's in Spiro. And if you didn't even get the name right, <laughs> you know, um, so that's what I say. Like, you know, so I think how you can start those relationships and make sure they're actual, like meaningful relationships is reaching out really thoughtfully, having done your due diligence and then maintaining that. And then also following up. So anyone who makes an introduction, I follow up on those introductions. Yes. And I think that's really important. And, you know, and and tracking them and then just checking in on people. Like I'll see someone got an award or got, you know, one of my founder friends. So like we're in Sprouts Nationwide now and I'll make sure to reach out. Like, that's amazing. Congratulations. You're, you know, following your journey. It's so fun. Like, I think it's, you know, just fostering in those relationships and then, you know, not always having it be an ask, but also giving is yeah. really important. And kind of the things we talked about before, like I think of someone, I'm like, oh, you know, I really think you should connect with this person. That'd be helpful. Or I thought about this opportunity. Would you like to be here? You know, I think any of those times thing. And sometimes when you're, you know, reaching out to someone who has a bigger platform or bigger voice or bigger company or like, well, what can I possibly offer them? But I still think there are things you can, like they may not know. I talked to many companies that 
aren't aware of WeBank certification, even bigger companies, or that I have someone who couldn't help with the certification process or like there are, there's always something you can do. Um, and I, I think that's important too, realizing like there are ways that you can give back and support other people that you reach out to. I mean, I get people like critique, I find a typo on their website and reach out. I'm like, Hey, I noticed that (laughs) I would want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) If anytime you want to peruse through mine and let me know, please do. (laughs) I'm I'm good at that. I've been known to reach out to many people. Like I found this mistake, like literally I'll see even a post. I'm like, something was spelled wrong. on. (laughs) I think you meant to T-O, not (laughs) T-O-O. So when do you think you'll start selling in Ohio? Because I am no joke from sipping this. I'm like, I'm thinking of a million places that I would love for this to be at. Thank you. Besides my kitchen. No, I appreciate that. I know right now, all the, I, in fact, I have a lot of family um, in the Cleveland area and I, my cousin actually got married there uh, last summer and they, they bought it all in Illinois and, and drove it over. Um, so, Oh, that's amazing <laughs> and they drove it to ohio because yeah you have to go state by state and so we have to be really thoughtful about the states we open and making sure we can support them and it's a lot to do like for us we're opening florida in january that is a huge market a huge that's state huge. So many different major cities so even managing that like for our schedules and things like that so we, we try and be like really strategic and thoughtful about like as we open but clearly i'm based in the midwest so anywhere in the midwest is you know we're in illinois michigan missouri so clearly at some point oh michigan's not that far away from us so we so youngstown ohio is about an hour from cleveland so michigan is what two and a half three hours away from us not too bad at all you can definitely find us in michigan there you go we're getting closer because this is it really is amazing tequila Thank you. You know, we wanted it. You'll see it has some sweeter notes, but like we don't do it with artificial sweeteners. We do it. We actually rest our Blanco even in barrels. Typically a Blanco is not rested at all. We put in barrels for a short time and that's how we develop some of the sweeter tasting notes without using any additives. My drink of choice is always tequila soda. Like that's it. No garnish, no nothing. I drink just tequila soda on the rocks. So I wanted something that was like super easy to drink um and it's a it's a meticulously crafted tequila it's like you know when you have quality you don't have to mask it in like a sugary margarita so this is a bold statement for me to make but you know that tequila that's in the fancy bottles that people spend how much money just on the end the bottle and not with the tequila in it has like the various colors i mean they go for like twenty four hundred dollars they're paying for a really pretty bottle yeah pretty much pretty much this tequila is better than that tequila. Thank you. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just saying, I really mean it. Like you can sip on this tequila. Yeah. I mean, I you know what? We have a- too, but this one's. Yes. <laughs> but we don't use any additives. So most of those, when you have one that tastes like, oh, it tastes like vanilla extract or, you know, mm-hmm. maple syrup, like, it's usually because they're adding something, which is fine. Everyone should drink what they like. But if you didn't want like artificial sweeteners or like, you know, aspartame sweeteners, coloring, glycerin, like added, and you just want like pure, clean 
tequila, then you want to find a brand that is added to free. Well, this is amazing. And I can't Thank wait you. for you to sell in Ohio. But until then, I guess I will go to Michigan, which is fine because we have friends there. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for like indulging me while I'm like working in a back room here, um, going down and finishing hanging out to heal off. But I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to The Seed. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, go to dandelion-inc.com and click Let's Connect. And please be sure to subscribe to The Seed's monthly podcast to hear more inspiring stories from other badass women that are all around us. Remember, behind every woman is a tribe of other successful women who have their back. To you all, thank you.